it's Heidi and Stefan, and this is the Ice Cream Parlor. Yes, this is the podcast where we watch horror movies and we talk about them. Absolutely. There will be so many spoilers. Yes, there will. So, what's new, Heidi? Um, well, shit. I don't know. <laughs> what's new? Um, it was your motherfucking birthday. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Somehow I forgot that. I think I may. Happy birthday. Appreciate it. <laughs> I think between all the, uh, the, the, I don't know, maybe I blacked out All a of the bit. substances? Yeah, something like that. That you may or may not have ingested? Yeah, I plead a fifth. A fifth of what? Uh, <laughs> no, so yeah, thank you for the birthday wishes. Um, it was nice. Yeah. Um, other than that, you know what else was fun? What? We got to go see Eraserhead in theaters on what? There Was it 35 millimeter? Did we see it Yeah, special? on 35 yeah. millimeter. We went to another Cinematic Void event, which I love. I love Cinematic Void events. And what they do is um, they'll rent out movie theaters, uh, usually the Arrow in Santa Monica or the Egyptian in Hollywood. And they will play films on 35 millimeter. Yeah. Which you... adds so much more grit to a movie it just feels so good yeah i mean I, I think some of that gets overlooked in you know today's world but everything's so digital but it's just it adds something it's like um it's, an it's like when you have and... that oyster and there's a little bit of sand in it <laughs> you with the oysters and the seafood you're like an addict right now <laughs> Constantly seafood, crab legs, I like oysters. To eat. That's no surprise. I know, but you gotta chill. Did you just call me fat? No. <laughs> okay. Um, we did. We got to see Eraserhead, and for those of you who haven't seen Eraserhead, holy shit! Now that movie's on the list, but we didn't technically go watch it for the podcast, um, and we're not doing it this podcast on that movie, right? <laughs> but. Um, I guess we could get into that a tiny little bit So, here. it's a David Lynch movie. And mm -hmm. if you know David Lynch, I have said enough. It's weird <laughs> as fuck. Yeah, it's weird. It's one it's of those... Black and white. Yeah, one of those classics, apparently, that, um, you know, it was, I think, one of his first... Like, 70-something? Big movies. Yeah, 77 or something like that. Um, I, I thought it was very weird. I, I didn't... <laughs> I'm not sure if I totally understood it. I'm also not sure if, again, like, it's... One of those ones that's borderline horror, I guess, just because there's some crazy scenes or whatever. But, like, it was more psychological than anything. It was, like, this kind of... What it was, it was, like, an acid trip. Maybe. From what I can imagine, I've never done it. But uh, from what TV shows me and what The Simpsons have showed me, it's yeah, like an acid so, trip. Well, I, I have a feeling that if you took acid and watched that movie, that it may not be that fun i think that movie right. would like take you to a pretty weird bad place so one of the hosts said or the host said that he did acid while watching this movie and he, he didn't say he did acid he did said he, he may have been on something oh right he didn't but actually... he had a really bad trip right yeah it could so be he mushrooms must have been watching something else, on whatever <laughs> yeah exactly um <laughs> he just gave me the most disappointed look I live for that look. <laughs> well, you're welcome. I'm glad I could give it to you. Um, so, yeah, I kind of like uh, didn't really you, like the movie that much. Me. Did you? I'll give it to you. Um, you didn't like it? Eraserhead? I don't know. It was it was so weird. And I just really like 
I feel like the soundtrack of it was just this droning noise. It didn't let your mind like concentrate at all. It, the movie was uneasy throughout, but yeah. it was really good. I I liked it. I liked it a lot. Okay. But, but you know, we can go into it on the Eraserhead episode. Right. I mean, are we going to watch it again for the podcast? Do you not want to watch it? I don't know. I didn't think it was really that good of a Maybe watch. we'll do a short bonus episode on it. Okay. Cool. That sounds cool. One of your rabbit hole episodes or something like yeah. that. Cool. <laughs> All right. Other than your birthday, what else is new is that I discovered this great recipe for, for crab, crab legs. legs. Of course. I knew it was leading right back to crab legs again. I'm hungry. <laughs> Still? Didn't you just eat crab legs? But there were, you can never have enough crab legs. Uh, well, you need to go to an all-you-can-eat buffet in Vegas I did, or something. and then I got the run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you probably went to the wrong one. I went to Treasure Island. It was good. I think mm. I just mostly had a lot, like too much. Maybe, yeah. I don't think it was They might have been sitting legs. around for a while, too, though. You never know. No, because when we got there, there were none. And then as I'm walking oh. around, then they brought out more. Oh, okay. They may have been sitting in the back, probably. <laughs> yep. All right. So that's so yeah, fun. Uh, that's You're now a chef. I'm now able to make that one recipe. Also, I learned how to make Korean steamed egg at home. And I'm so happy with it. All I need to do is ha- learn how to do the beef bulgogi, and I'm never leaving my house again. Gotcha. So this week on Heidi's Cooking Show. <laughs> the good let's see, the thing about the steamed egg though. Oh no, there's another that's a different podcast. Yeah. Let's <laughs> Let's, uh, okay, so that's what we've been up to, obviously, just eating. kind of eating, eating and having and a good time. Eating, and it was your birthday, and that yeah. was a lot of fun. I, yeah. I don't know how I ended up taking a nap inside the hot tub, but it was fun. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. It was fun. Um, oh, this... I want to add, my friend Fatima had her babies. She had twins, like, I don't know, this week sometime? Tuesday, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, so congratulations to her. She doesn't listen to the podcast, and she hates scary movies, but... I'm saying it to the universe. Okay. So let's get back on topic. What the fuck is the movie that we're watching this week? Are they tap dancing upstairs? I I don't know. The movie this week is a classic 1990s horror movie. 90s horror movie? 1990s horror movie. And it was um, what... What many while many people subscribe to the school of thought that it is the horror movie that paved the way to the new kind of way of presenting a horror movie, such as what the fuck is gonna happen? You don't know who the you don't know who the bad guy is. It's not like it's Freddy or Jason or Mike Michael just so wait chasing you the whole time. The movie, it is somebody you have no idea who it is. So the movie we're watching is Clue. <laughs> Yes. Yes, it is. (laughs) No, I'm playing like I don't know the movie. Like you're keeping me in the dark every single week since that one time that you kept me in the dark. So I know what we're watching. What are we watching? We are watching Scream. Scream. Yes, Yes. we are finally doing it. Scream. It was a kick-ass horror movie. In the 90s. In the 90s. And it stars... Well, first of all, directed by, more more importantly, by, Wes Craven. Yes, absolutely. Um, I don't know if I would consider it one of his best, but he did kind of change the genre but it up was again. And great. It paved the way for all this bullshit-ass other horror movies, though, which were still entertaining, like Valentine and I Know What You Did Last Summer and I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. <laughs> 
Yeah. All of those kind of movies. Right. But it also paved the way for movies like May. And that one is pretty good. And it's on the list. And I don't think you've watched it. May? No, I I don't even remember hearing that title. That's okay. Okay. Anyways, so we're watching Scream this week. Scream. 1996. 96? Okay. 96. Stars, what is it, Nev Campbell or is it Neve Campbell? Nev? I don't know. The um, girl from The Craft and wild thing mm-hmm. with denise mm-hmm. richards mm-hmm. yeah i think she Absolutely. was also in party of five was that a thing i don't know i don't know i could be wrong anyways nev campbell that's how i've always heard it pronounced okay so nev campbell it starts <laughs> i don't think anybody would understand what you just did there do it again <laughs> skeet 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 okay yeah so skeet ulrich is that what you're talking about yes Okay. And uh, Matthew Lillard. I never even knew what the big thing about him was. Like, I only saw him in this movie. Was he, like, in something else before that? Was he some sort of teenage heartthrob from something else? I think so. But in this movie, I remember he was hot. Or I remember him being super hot and sexy. He has a snaggle tooth, but, like, it was okay. I wouldn't have known because you have Rose McGowan. You have Courtney Uh Cox. You have Nev Campbell. Mm -hmm. You have uh, Drew Barrymore. So um, Not a big Courtney Cox kind of girl but no. for sure rose mcgowan well all of them had some hold big on old titties. i'm having a moment about rose mcgowan give me a second <laughs> titties that's all i can say <laughs> tiggle bitties it was the um you know what it was it was the it was the sweater turtleneck it was like the very clingy that was the trend at the time the 90s was like a very specific style yeah i mean every Decade has its style. The 80s were even more crazier than the 90s in some way. Well, so the 90s had like the clunky shoes and um, a lot of corduroy. Yeah. Did they? Corduroy in the 90s? Uh, well, there was corduroy in not, my not school. In the, not in the circle of friends I was hanging out with. Yeah, but y'all were thugs. I remember a lot of. I remember a lot of. I remember a lot of chokers in the 90s. Yes, absolutely chokers. I mean, I didn't wear a choker. No. What'd you wear? Not a choker. Okay, well. I wore a dog collar. A dog collar. It's even better. Yeah, it was, uh, like, you know what? It was a choker because it was one of those choke collars. Wow. You really wore one of those to school? Absolutely. I um I went to Petco the other day and I took a picture of one of the choke collars there and I sent it to my brother and my sister and they're like, oh, hey, you're jewelry shopping. <laughs> yeah, wow. How times have changed, huh? talking about i don't know i kept it real i'm still me i never went through phases um maybe i did i don't know who am i do kidding? you not know how <laughs> do you not see how morbid my room is um, it's pretty bright in here because the lights are on <laughs> asshole <laughs> all right well what anyway. do you remember about scream scream okay so scream is about a town that is being um tormented by a killer who is Preying on teenagers. That sounds like a lot of other horror movies. Yes. Um, okay. That's the premise. That's, That's the, the premise. setup. Yeah. And so Sydney Prescott, which is a name that I remember for eternity, uh, is the Neve Campbell character. Is it Neve Campbell? I don't know. Neve Campbell character. Um, and so the problem is that a couple of years before these events, her mother was murdered. And there was a whole PTSD thing kind of there. Right, yeah. So that's the added layer. Well, let me ask you this. Well, okay. So we've all seen it. So we know what the twist and the end is, right? So, like, 
what do you think it's going to be like watching it now, knowing that we know who the killer is? Because when we first watched it, that was, even if you weren't into horror movies, everybody was like, oh my God, it was like the talk of the the office or it's the school or whatever. You know what I mean? Like people were like, oh my God, did you see it? Who Do you know who it was? I'm not going to tell you, you know? And, like uh, if I'm still gonna, of course I'm gonna still enjoy it. This is like nostalgia. I, I didn't say you were gonna enjoy it. I'm saying like it's it's sort of different now because we already know the ending, you know, and we there's no suspense or thrill to figure out like but who's the killer. But it's been so long since I've watched it that maybe a lot of the jump scares, a lot of the creep factor moments that I don't remember, mm-hmm. like the specific one offs might get me i mean of course i'm so good i'm gonna laugh my ass off during the rose mcgowan death scene because they spoofed it so well in scary movie right yeah (laughs) (laughs) um well yeah i'm looking forward to seeing it again i haven't seen since the 90s probably which by the way it kind of goes towards my argument of getting a bigger dog because you need a bigger doggy door um i don't know that's uh First world problems right there. Doggy doors and big dogs. I don't know. Okay, sure. Bigger dog, bigger doggy door. Problem solved. And then no death scene. Yeah. Um, Who has a doggy door in their garage? I don't know. That was what I was like, what the fuck? Who has a doggy door in their garage? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. But so I'm not trying to analyze it that much yet because we haven't watched it. And but that's the scene I remember. I know, I remember it too. But I'm kind of like I said. Remember, aren't they playing um, Alice Cooper? In that scene? No, in the movie. Mm, the the song somewhere in there? Somewhere. I mean, yeah, probably. I don't remember any of that. Like, hardly ever remember, like, skeet, what skeet, 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 skeet. movies. I mean, songs were playing in the middle of movies and stuff oh. like that. I mean, it's just, I don't know. As a musician, it doesn't click, I guess. I mean, there's some things that... I guess certain scenes are paired with certain songs and that type of stuff I remember, like Tarantino and Scorsese type films. But in this particular movie, I couldn't tell you who else, what other songs were on the soundtrack. Well, as a um, a music connoisseur, I will tell you, I think there's an Alice Cooper song here. But I get, I get your point about music and movies. Like, I can't listen to... Um, some songs without thinking of Tarantino movies, especially Jackie Brown, because that has a killer ass soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, it does. Very underrated movie, by the way. Yeah, it is the fucking shit. Yeah. Haven't seen the new one yet, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? No, I think I'm going um, Saturday live, on date night. We live here in Hollywood. We should go see it, right? I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> I, I say in, but next to Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, we don't live in Hollywood. Yeah. We um, we frequently visit there. We don't there. like roaches. <laughs> <laughs> um, don't live in Hollywood. No. <laughs> they sh- you should have never gone to Hollywood, by the way. All right. So I'm looking forward to seeing this movie again, like I was saying. Wait, what do you mean? What do, what do you mean? What do I Is mean? Is that a song? Yeah, it's a song. By who? System of a Down. Is that what it's called? Yeah. What song is it? Lost in Hollywood. It's the name of the fucking song. And it Sing says, it you me. should have never gone to Hollywood. Sing it to me for real. No, 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 no. I don't know. I'm just saying. You should have never gone to Hollywood. That's like part Hollywood. of the song. I like Hollywood. The comedy store is there. Yeah. Comedy and the store. rainbow. The Roxy. The Viper Room. Whiskey. They're all fun spots. 
There was this place called, um, I think it's called like Riley's or O'Reilly's or something. It's oh, on Sunset. Oh, O'Reilly's. <laughs> auto parts. Is that an auto parts? <laughs> well, it's something. There's an Irish pub there. Um, like on the same, I think I want to say the same block as the whiskey. But um, they asked, they, I ordered like tomato soup there once. Whoa, what? You ordered tomato soup at an Irish bar? Well, I was hungry. Wait. <laughs> They had tomato soup at an Irish bar, not well, like chicken fingers or They or had fries. a lot of stuff, Look. but I really wanted tomato soup. And the person I was dating at the time, like, used to always spoil the crap out of me and be like, okay, well, let's get it. And so I went and I got it, and it tasted like a marinara sauce. I've never heard of any bar <laughs> serving tomato soup. They probably just took a can of marinara sauce and threw it in a bowl and said, give it to this drunk bitch. <laughs> what the fuck? You think my ex was like, hey, give her give her what she wants. I'll put in an extra 50. I don't know. <laughs> yes, tomato soup is on the menu. <laughs> <laughs> tomato soup. Oh, my God. That's a first. Now that I think about it, why would a, a bar first. have tomato soup? I don't exactly. No bar I've ever been to serves tomato Maybe soup. Maybe you're going to the wrong bars. Mm, I don't think so. I only go to bars that serve tomato soup. Okay. Um, okay, great, cool. Back on Heidi's cooking show. I'm serious. Next week we make tomato soup. <laughs> Seriously, I totally had tomato soup. Okay. I believe you. I mean, you tend to get what you want a lot of the time, so I believe you. But I just never been to a Irish bar. Ever. I mean, you're saying it's in Hollywood. I'm saying every Irish bar I've ever been to, I've never Well, they always have tomato dish. I don't know. I guess I don't eat a lot of food when I go to bars, but when I do, I'm thinking it's like bar food, like chicken sandwich, chicken tenders, burgers, maybe loaded fries. Tomato soup and grilled cheese. That's like poor man's <laughs> food or something. I don't know. I don't know. Anyways. Um, oh, Okay. So I think it's about time we get into this episode and watch this movie. What do you say? Yes. Can we make tomato soup? No, no tomato soup. Maybe popcorn, but I don't think we have popcorn, do we? Absolutely, I have popcorn. Oh. Can you have popcorn budget at home? Oh, gotcha. Okay. Well, let's go watch this movie, Heidi. We'll, we'll be, be right back. back. <laughs> <Stay> <laughs> Hello? Hello? Who is this? If you tell me your name, I'll tell you mine. <laughs> I don't think so. What's that noise? Popcorn. You're making popcorn? Well, I'm getting ready to watch a video. Really? What? Well, just some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh-huh. You never told me your name. Why do you want to know my name? I want to know who I'm looking at. Someone is playing a deadly game. It all began with a scream over 911. Someone who's seen one too many scary movies. Now, he's taken his love of fear. Hello? Hello, Sydney. One step too far. Do you like scary movies? What's the point? They're all the same. Some stupid killer stalking some big-breasted girl who can't act, who's always running up the stairs when she should be going out the front door. It's insulting. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a scary movie. Number one, you can never have sex. 
was me. Never, ever, ever under any circumstances say, I'll be right back. Because you won't be back. You get another beer, you want one? Yeah, sure. I'll be right back. He didn't make the rules. The police are always off track. If they watch Palm Night, they save time. He just kills by them. Don't answer the phone. And we're back. And we're back. We survived. We did survive. Because as we know, there are rules to surviving a horror movie. There are. What are those rules? We'll get to them. Okay, I'm rushing. Are you writing them right now? No, I don't know. It sounded like you were about to let me know what the rules are. Well, so... We survived, so somehow we abided by the rules, right? (laughs) Yeah. Bunch of virgins. (laughs) (laughs) So... Scream, 1996, Wes Craven. Yep. Right. And so this, of course, was a movie that came out um, in the 90s after the whole gloom of straight-to-video um, 80s horror, which I'm not saying it's actual gloom, but yeah. that's just what other people say about this era. Right, right. I think I mean, I think Chopping Mall should have won an Academy. Fantabulous. Are you kidding me? Sleepaway <laughs> Camp 2 is great. Have you seen part two? No. No. All right. Um, but there's so many B-rated horror movies from the 80s that are just fucking amazing. They've made me into the whatever it is I am today. Yeah. What is it that you are today? 5'2". <laughs> <laughs> so, what did you think of the movie? What did I think of the movie? Mm-hmm. So, Did you enjoy it? I'm watching it again. I enjoyed it on a very comedic level watching it again. I do think that it has its moments. It also doesn't. It has some, you know, corny moments that that are 90s and, you know, kind of corny horror things. Like, obviously, you got to understand, like, this guy misses trying to kill her over and over again. Like, Scary Movie obviously made fun of it for that reason, too. Because, like, it is blatantly like, whoom, oh, he missed, whoom, oh, she ducked, oh, you get kicked over, knocked over. I mean... That we could get into that part of it later. Well, have you ever tried to stab somebody though with a mask on and a gown? It's not that easy. Look, all I'm saying is I enjoyed the movie again. It is predictable knowing that we do know the end of it now. And, you know, there's some parts like in the opening scene when they're sitting, not in the opening, opening scene, but when we first meet Skeet Ulrich's character, um, the the other guy the and Rose McGowan and Nev Campbell when we see them for all four Matthew of them there Matthew Lillard Matthew Lillard right my point is when i saw them there it's like yeah of course you guys are obviously the killers now like because they're obviously he's like in cahoots yeah but i mean and i guess in a way that other. like they make it so and like were they gay maybe they got pretty close together in that one shot yeah. or he was like right behind well, him well so Scary Movie was the original title. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. Well, now you know. You don't know, now you know. You know? Sucker. And so, um, it was really hard to take this movie as serious after having seen the movie, the, the, the comedy Scary Movie, because 
then all you do is go back and you're like, oh, in Scary Movie, this scene was mm-hmm. hilarious. Right. That's right. Yep. I remember this. Yep. And that's what I mean. I had, I was kind of doing that a lot where I was like, ah, oh, this is so funny and like, corny. So when there, there's a scene where Sydney is like, oh, you know, if they have a sequel, I'll probably get played mm-hmm. by Tori Spelling and then Scary Movie. This is Tori Spelling, right? Yeah, I think so. I don't remember. No, but... Uh, uh, Anna Ferris, yeah, but Tori uh, Spelling was in oh, it. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, so anyway, this movie follows um, Sydney Prescott. Mm-hmm. Sydney Prescott, who is a teenager in the 90s. Okay, I have to say something about this movie. Um, as, I guess, as the chick of this podcast. <laughs> the, the 90s fashion, so fucking awesome. Okay, well, like, I mean, I'm saying, like, it's in my jeans to talk about the style. Yeah, like it's so fucking awesome. I remember those chunky boots. I remember those colors. I remember those those ugh, this horrible, horrible hairstyles. I mean, yeah, it does it it does ring a bell for me too. Like I do remember. I didn't um, see Jenkos though. No, um, I don't know. I wasn't a Jenko wearer, but I was. I thought it was weird watching a horror movie about a bunch of teenagers now and well let me let me make this clear it's not it's this movie for some reason because it's based in the 90s and it's like 90s teens and in, in high school and we were teens in the 90s yeah but now when i'm watching it i'm like why would anybody who's my age then have watched this movie and taken it seriously like what the fuck do you care about about a bunch of teenage 17 year olds in in high school or whatever well because that was a demographics of the movie it wasn't old ass people our no, age no, I, I got it was it. teenagers I that's why they sure. had um that's why they had skeet ulrich on there he resembles johnny depp and johnny depp did great in what is it nightmare on elm street like oh you know what i didn't think about that but now that <laughs> so you say that it's I like see it's it. like the eye candy for the girls and the eye candy for the guys but the demographics were skewed a little bit younger like yeah. it wasn't old fogies well, like what us I'm, no but there were old fogies like us who probably did go see it at because the time. of the 20-something references to horror movies within the movie itself <laughs> i mean that's true but it's just i guess I, you know most horror movies are based around teenagers in high school and as i'm getting older i'm just like why would i give a shit about what fucking teenagers in high school are doing uh i don't know it's just an observation because this movie is very 90s like the even the opening of it where it's just like Let's cut right to the point. Ba-boom, scream. The title pops right up, and then right away they go into a scene. They don't bother to give you any ambiance or creepy music. They just get right into it. There's no credits or anything yet. It's like, scream. And all of a sudden, Drew Barrymore is making popcorn. <laughs> I mean, okay. So, <laughs> yes, that's true. But uh, going back to the scary movies mentioned, there are at least 15. There's The Bad Seed from 1956. The Howling from 1981, Terror Train 1980, Prom Night 1980, The Town That Dreaded Sundown 1976, A Nightmare on Elm Street 1984, The Evil Dead 1981, The Exorcist 1973, Friday the 13th 1980, Halloween 1978, Carrie 1976, Silence of the Lambs 1991, Psycho 1960, Hellraiser 1987, and... The motherfucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre, 1974. And most of those references are made by Randy, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Randy is the love of my life. Yeah, Although he he's Jamie Kennedy, so not really. Oh, wait. Is that who that was? <laughs> I knew he looked familiar. But I couldn't place him the whole time we were watching him. He had like a square face or something. Something was off about him. Jamie yeah. Kennedy? 
Jamie Kennedy. Really? Like Malibu's Most Wanted? He was. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. You want to know a funny story? Yes. Somehow, me. Jamie Kennedy, the official Jamie Kennedy Facebook page, at some point in time had like liked or commented on some DTI video on the vid- on the DTI Facebook page. What did it say? I don't even remember. I'd have to go back and look again. But years later, I was just like looking through random comments or something on the DTI Facebook page because I hadn't opened it up for a while. And there was like a picture with a comment on it. And I clicked on it. It was like Jamie Kennedy. And then it had like a check or whatever. Like it was <laughs> a verified account. And I was like, what the fuck? How did Malibu's Most Wanted found my, my band page? What if page? you were his inspiration <laughs> for that movie? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. This was way after the movie came out. So uh-huh. yeah, way after. Don't try to... No, you got the timeline messed up. <laughs> but it was weird. I was like, do I... I never, like, hit him back or, like, liked his comment or anything like that. But I was just like, hmm, do I acknowledge this or not? <laughs> I have to find the picture again. Take a snapshot of that. <laughs> okay. Back to the movie. Directed by Wes Craven, who has done what other kind of movies? The best? No, I mean... I think we talked about this already. Yeah, yeah. He did The Hills Have Eyes and The Last House on the Left and some pretty, like, intense movies. But then he also did Nightmare on Elm Street, which the first one was fabulous. Obviously, the rest of them weren't done by him, but the, the franchise took a more comedic twist later on. And he came back again with the, um... Wes Craven's New Nightmare, which was a crazy kind of like twist. I liked the New Nightmare. It was like the reality, the real Mm -hmm. world, the actors. Mm -hmm. And in a weird way, I kind of felt like you did a little bit of that with Scream because... It took you into the movie experience and then made you realize you're an observer, but then made you think that you were watching the watchers. Sort of. Something like that. Yeah. And... The fact that Sydney's true mom essence died. Of, in true essence of the movie. Okay, now into the movie, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, what I was going to say is like, because, you know, he, the part of the movie is that there's a murder that happened a year ago. And now all of a sudden there's a killer on the loose. And it's like, it's for them, it's the real world. It's not. A, but then at the same point in time, they're watching all these movies and stuff. So it's like, I don't know, weird kind of inception movie within a movie, horror movie kind of thing. Gotcha. So the movie starts with Casey Becker. And that is Drew Barrymore. Mm-hmm. And she's wearing a horrible blonde wig. Yep. I didn't notice the wig, actually. Well, I, I don't think she looks great in that wig. Well, it was a bob. Anyway, I didn't like she's, it. She's not at her best, but I probably was only staring at... Parts of her? Parts of her, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so Casey Becker is at home and she's, you know... Making pop? Like, no, she well, not, yet, not yet. But she's, right. I guess, it looks like she's preparing for a movie night with her boyfriend or something. Mm-hmm. And she receives a call from an, an unknown person uh, before the caller ID days. This is actually... Like, there was a rise in caller ID usage after this movie, by the way. Because it used to be not everybody had caller ID. Right. It used to be you had to pay extra Mm -hmm. to get caller ID. Makes sense. So, anyway. um, And it's this, you know, we've all had that call where we answer the phone and we're like, oh, somebody's like, oh, sorry, who is this? And you're like, oh, wrong number. No worries about it. Whatever. Right. And hang up. This person, however... Calls, keeps calling back and tries to get flirtatious and even ask her if she has a boyfriend. And then finally, when she's like, um, you know, she's engaging and, and talking to him, he asks her what's her favorite scary movie because she mentions she really likes scary movies. And um, do you remember what she said her favorite scary movie is? Yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street. Absolutely. Yeah. And so 
Um, so he's like, you know, just talking with her. And then finally, um, he keeps asking her name. And then she, he goes, she goes, why do you want to know my name? And he goes, because I want to know who I'm looking at. Yeah. Did I steal your thunder? No. I'm sorry. Did you want to say it? Go on. Let's hear your version of it. And so then she gets freaked out for a second. And then, um, she's like, what did you say? And he's like, I want to know who I'm speaking with. And then she's like, that's not what you said. And then she gets freaked out and she starts walking around and locking the doors, turning on the outside patio light so she can see out. But what the fuck is up with wealthy people? Like, why do you have, I guess maybe it's because I grew up in South Central, but I freak out if I'm living in a place where either the windows are not elevated, like, like the windows here, or there are no fucking bars on the window. Any fucking maniac can go in and fucking cut your throat. Yeah, but but that's the goal for people to live in places where you don't have to have bars on your window, right? But then this is what happens. Like, she has these, like, in their home, because it's like her mom, her you know, she lives with her parents, obviously. She's a teenager. She, they have these floor-to-ceiling, like, French doors that are glass. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, anybody can just break in. I used to work... Um, in Malibu and in famous people homes. And they all had these fucking huge ass fucking window door thing, sliding glass doors, right? And I would be freaked the fuck out every time I had to stay there at night. Like, unless there was a party, I used to be fucking scared that I had to be there. Um, because best case scenario, you see a coyote outside, but then you fucking see a coyote outside. Anyway, Dumb. it's scary as shit. Get bars on your window, people. Come on. I don't know. I think I prefer <laughs> to live somewhere where no bars are there. But the, here's the thing. I still lock my doors. I wouldn't be running around locking my doors because I, even in the safest places, just like to have a locked door. I don't know. It just makes sense to me. Yeah. I guess. I still... Like, that's what I never understood about... Would need an alarm system, right. at the very least. And a dog or three. Gotcha. I was going to say, that's what I never understood about Seinfeld. Like, who leaves their door unlocked for some crazy guy to just come busting through every fucking <laughs> Racist ass <minutes>? Kramer. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, anyways, I'm a locked doors kind of person. So anyway, she's like looking out the window and she sees that there's the, um, there's nobody out there. And the guy keeps calling. And then she tries to get forceful with him. And she's like, I'm going to fucking call the cops. Or no, no. She goes... My boyfriend's coming and he's big and he's strong and and he's gonna kick your ass. ass. Or he plays football and he's Uh gonna kick your ass. And then she goes to hang up and then she goes to hangs up on him and then the next time he calls and then she he goes, I'm I'm gonna slice your fucking throat or something like that or whatever. And she he goes, What are you doing this to me? He's like, I wanna see what your insides look like. And it just got like a turn for the worst. Mm -hmm. Turn for the fucking worst. So does she know that her he hasn't mentioned that no, he so has her boyfriend what happens, up. he goes, I want to play a game. Mm-hmm. And, oh, that's much like Saw, huh? I want to play a game. And the game is she has to answer three questions. And she can't get anything wrong. Um, otherwise, something will happen to Steve. Steve mm-hmm. is her boyfriend. Yeah. Who, when she goes back out to the patio, she sees he's tied up on a chair. Mm-hmm. And yep. bound and gagged. So just, he's fucked. Yep. So the questions are... Um, well, I don't remember the questions. Yeah. She, the, the, the question that got Steve killed was, who was the killer in Friday the 13th? Yeah. And she, she goes, Jason. Jason. It was Jason. And he goes, nope, nope, wrong. And then she goes, no, it was Jason. I watched the movie 20 fucking times. And he goes, then you should fucking know that the first one, his mom was a killer. Yep. And then Steve dies mm-hmm. because they 
literally like just gut, his gut him and all his yeah. insides are hanging out. Yeah, that was a pretty good opening. It's really gruesome, kind of like, you know, whatever. Oh, nice little start. It's not Gets, done yet. No, I know. So afterwards, she starts screaming and freaks out. And then, so next thing you know, um, shit hits the fan. The popcorn that she was making while she was being flirtatious on the phone um, starts it, burning. Yeah, it starts burning. And it's... it's um, Kind of like the popcorn kind of symbolizes how the scene is progressing because as it gets bigger, the tension gets higher in the movie. And um, so then there's like a chair that like gets flung through the door, exactly the the glass door, exactly. Which yeah. one you don't fucking have them, yeah. and, <laughs> and so, so smash the chair comes through the um, like what is it, sliding glass door, or whatever. And then so then that's when he starts to make his attack, right. Right, and so he's like chasing her around the house, and she, you know, kind of mm-hmm. slips away. And then mm-hmm. she manages to get a knife, and then she goes outside, and she still has the phone in her hand this whole time. Yeah, and she's, you know, she's hiding outside at the patio, and she tries to make her escape, and then she goes and she peeks, uh, she she sees her parents driving down the road, and she's like, oh great, I have some help now, and then she goes to try to go towards her parents. But she has to go through all the fucking glass window, like glass mm-hmm. doors. And so she goes and takes a peek in the house. And that's where we see the, the murderer, the ghost face. Yeah. The ghost face killer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he's a ghost. Yeah. Woo, tang. <laughs> so um, the guy attacks her. She's rushed. She starts running and she runs. She runs towards the car. The ghost face killer grabs her and stabs the fuck out of her right in her chest. Yeah. And in, if you've seen Scary Movie, that's when Carmen Electra's um, false boob, like her silicone boob, gets stuck on the knife and the guy's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yep. Now, who do you think it was under the mask at that time? Like, which one of them was it that actually killed her, do you think? Skeet or? It would have been um, Skeet, because we'll get into it in a second, but what's his name? Stu was with Tatum the whole time. Remember? That was so so we're assuming that was his alibi because he was with Tatum the whole time. Okay. So then yeah, that but, means that this entire first murder was just all Skeet Ulrich. Yeah. Character. And I'll tell you later about why. Okay. Okay. Um I just want to get there first. We haven't even hit the opening credits. <laughs> okay. So then um so her parents come home and they get and they see that the the front door is open and they go inside and they see smoke from the popcorn. So the, you know, they're like, what the fuck? They're freaking out. Um, the dad sees that there was a chair thrown in from outside. And then the dad tells the, so the husband tells the wife and it says, go to the McKenzie's, uh, which is the neighbors. And so what they are, they're in like this rural kind of uppity area. It's not like they're farmers, but they have these huge plots of land. So the closest neighbors are very far away. So the husband tells the wife, call the police, go to the McKenzie's. Which is the same thing that Lori tells the kids that she's babysitting in Halloween. Hmm, they that's... go to the McKenzie's. Oh, really? Is it the McKenzie's? Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. So that's a little like homage to Halloween, I guess. We'll see a lot of these. We're not going to mention yeah. them all. There's yeah. just too many. Yeah. So um, while she's picking up the receiver, trying to call, she hears her daughter dying on the other end mm-hmm. of the phone. Yep, because she because still had the phone with her. she still has the phone with her. Yeah. The mom goes, oh, shit. And they go outside to try to figure, you know, to get away or whatever the fuck. And they see Casey hanging from a tree yep. with her insides. 
on the outside. outside. Yep. Just like poor old Steve in the backyard. And then you see the words scream. Yep. And then the movie oh, begins. Wait. No, was that how it began? No, 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 no. I think that it started. Are you sure? Does it really matter? I think it started with Scream and then it went right into Drew Barrymore. I think that's how it started. Whatever then. And then the movie starts. <sighs> I only say that because that's why I brought it up as being such a like 90s, like I've got no attention span, just go for it kind of thing. Okay. Either way. So then we see Sidney Prescott. Mm-hmm. If you're from the 90s, anytime you hear the name Sidney Prescott, you all automatically know Scream. Oh, yeah. yeah, you already know this movie. You know it's Nev Campbell. You know she's got killer bangs. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Girls will feel me. <laughs> so um, we see her and she's, you know, tech savvy because she has a computer and she's typing away at non- like nonsense words into her computer. Yep. And she has um, a very 90s girl bedroom because she has the Indigo Girls posters on the wall. And if you were a Riot girl from the 90s, you automatically know that that is the um, most mainstream way to be a Riot girl. <laughs> I mean, she didn't have Bikini Kill. I am talking to the wrong audience. Anyway, so anyway. I'm just nodding and agreeing. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know what you're talking about right now. I'm sure there's people out there that are like, yeah, I know exactly what she's talking about. So she's in her room and she's, you know, doing whatever. And then suddenly she hears a noise at the window. Yeah. And what do we see coming through the window? Her hottest fuck boyfriend, Skeet Ulrich, oh, whose God. name is yeah. Billy in this movie. Oh, Billy. Billy, right. Billy, Billy, Billy. Billy, Billy, and Billy. he was so hot in the 90s. But was now when I watched it, I was like, oh, my God, he's so fucking greasy. Yeah. Like his hair like doesn't blow in the wind. It's like stuck. And I remember gel being a big thing in the 90s. So it may have just been yeah. he may have just been a victim of the time. But anyway, Skeet Ulrich, what I still found him really attractive. And Mac Lillard, not so much. <laughs> he wasn't my cup of tea. Anyway, Skeet Ulrich comes in through her window. Like a creep. Like a creep. But he's all, at first I'm like, ill. he's all sweaty. But then, all, then that, that's when I realized it was just the 90s and everybody looked moist. <laughs> Seriously, I know you have this long, rocking the long hair thing, but... Gel was a big deal in the 90s. I know. I had gel in the 90s. I didn't have long hair in the 90s. In the 90s, my hair was short. All right. So then um, she lets out the scream, and then she's like, oh, my God, my, you know, my dad's here. He's going to kill you. Sure enough, the dad comes and tries to open her door, mm-hmm. but she has this door that if she keeps her closet door open, it jams her bedroom door, and that <laughs> is fun, fun, fun. Yep. So the dad can't come in, and then he's like, oh, you know, I'm going to be out of town. You know where I'm going to go. And he reassures, she reassures him that she's okay. He must have been hearing things. And then we find out, once the dad leaves, that they have issues in their relationship. Issues? Issues. Issues. They are fucking. Ooh, that's a bad issue. But they're teenagers. Right. And that's what I'm saying. As an adult, I'm like, wait a minute. This, is, I mean, well, of course, I was trying to fuck when I was that age, too. But it's just weird as an adult to be, like, so intrigued about a so ch- underage person's, like, sex life. <laughs> we found out that they used to be hot and heavy, but then Sydney's mom died. Yeah, well. And now she's not, which is fucking understandable. Right. It's very understandable. But and at the same point add, in time... 
that guy's fucking young and in heat and he wants to fuck and he probably waited as long as he could. I'm not justifying his actions, but they should have just been real and moved on. I will add that he was very respectful about her need to wait because he only did on, on top of the clothes stuff when she asked for on top of the clothes stuff. He was respectful at in, at that point. Mm -hmm. She said, stop. He said, okay. He put his hand too close. She moved it. He said, okay. Mm -hmm. At that point, he was very respectful. Yeah. He and just he had even, this murder thing. He, he was even doing left. On the side. Nobody <laughs> knows it yet. <laughs> So, um, but, so he was pretty respectful. Um, but again, everybody grieves differently, right? So, um, the next day, Cindy's going to school and it's a fucking media frenzy. There are news vans, there's reporters, and she's like, what the fuck is going on here? She's making her way through. And that's all because the incident that happened the night before, and also there's the fact that it was, it happened a year ago. So the town's like all in a ruckus right now. Turns out that Casey, the girl who got shot, who got killed in the opening of the movie, went to Sydney school. In yeah. fact, sat in the same class with her. Right. So um, we find we meet Sydney's friend Tatum, who is Rose McGowan in an equally bad wig, but still hot as shit because she refuses to wear a bra, and I'm all for it. Uh huh. Again, oh, though, she's supposed to be 17, so part of me is like, eh, I wasn't seven. I was, I was not even 17 yet at the time, so it's okay. No, now <laughs> I get it. I wasn't either. But you know what? This is the movie where she met Harvey Weinstein. So anyway, um, we meet Tatum, and she's like. You know, everybody's friend who is the go-getter, who's loud and unapologetic, and that's her. That's Tatum. I know. And yeah. so and so um she tells her about Casey and Steve and how they were butchered, and she's like, uh, and Sydney's like freaking out about it. Uh we hear in the background reporters reporting on it, and then we're in Sydney's class. And it looks like they're pulling kids out one by one and questioning them because it could have been yeah, somebody at the anybody, school. Anybody, yeah. Absolutely. They had no leads, yep. no clues, nothing whatsoever. So when they go to question Sydney, it is David Arquette. Dewey. Dewey. And Dewey is... Um, Tatum's brother. Tatum's brother. But also... No, I didn't write it down. Tatum's brother, but is also um, a deputy for yep. the police department, for the sheriff's department. And, um, fucking shit. He's also a little slow. No, he's a little slow <laughs> and scary movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, he's not the sharpest tool in the shed no, in this one no, either. No, that's not true. Um, but he is new. He's green. That's what it is. Uh -huh. He's new to it. And he looks really young. So that's what it is. But no, that's a scary movie. <laughs> anyway, um, that's when uh, they, they pull, you know, Dewey tells the sheriff, you know, she's the daughter of, you know, Maureen Prescott, who was killed the year before. And that's our, that's our first mention of it. Right? And then so they, um, they end the school day. No, they, um, next thing you know, after that, whatever happens at the interview, we go outside to the quad, which is what we used to call it, the quad. Quad? Yeah, just where people sit and have courtyard. lunch. The courtyard. There you go, the yeah. courtyard. So quad. We go, people go to the courtyard, and we see five people. We see Billy and Sydney, Tatum, who's dating Stu. Stu is the Matthew Lillard character. 
and we meet Randy, Randy. who yeah. is... I guess it's um, uh, Jamie Presley. <laughs> what the fuck did I just say? I'm sorry. We are leaving that in. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. We're leaving Malibu's that in. Malibu's Most Wanted. We're leaving that in. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. What's his name? Jamie... Wait, what did I say? Jamie Kennedy. Malibu's Most Wanted. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Wrong one. <laughs> Jamie Kennedy, Malibu's most wanted. And he works at um it turns out he works at a blockbuster kind of place. Yes. And he knows all about horror movies. Yes. A man after my own heart, <laughs> if he didn't have that face. Yeah. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> or if I hadn't seen him in Malibu's Most Wanted, because that just totally turned me off. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so anyway. Um, and so they're talking about what happened, and, um, Matthew, well... Stu. Stu is, um, is kind of, like, making jokes about it, and Billy's telling him, you know, you know, like, chill the fuck out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then at one point, um, Randy, in, in jest, asked Stu, hey, didn't you date Casey at mm-hmm. one point until she dumped you for Steve? Oh right, right. I remember uh-huh. that. But but so but that's the reason why he killed her. They're immature children. That's, They're children. Uh, okay, fine. And everybody and and a little off his fucking rocker, don't you think? A, a lot off of his fucking rocker and, and keeping it under the fucking table. But too. it was kind of kind of smart to have Billy do the killing because they wouldn't suspect him. He's not connected to her at all. But Stu would have been. No, no, I got it. So Stu is with Tatum. Stu used to be with Casey. Casey, but she dumped him for Steve. Did, yeah, yeah, So yeah, Billy yeah, took yeah. revenge. Gotcha. So Billy, but so, so but it, think it's about kind it. of like, like how strangers close? on the plane, uh, strangers, strangers on the train, where they kill each other's mm-hmm. uh, people. I think is what it was supposed to be. But the thing about maybe them being like a thing in love. Yeah, because here's the thing: like, why would you, you know, like, hey, man. I need you to kill my ex for me. Like, can you kill my well, ex for me, bro? We... Bro would have to look at him and be like, bro, I got you, man. I'm going to kill your ex for you. Like, whoa. Like, <laughs> Now wipe down my back. Yeah. I, I See, there <laughs> is. I get, get it. it. No, I didn't get it. Wipe down my back. From the semen that he spooged all over his backside. Oh, okay. Gross. Gross. I just... Yeah, whatever. Now I can't think about what I was talking about. Good, because what I was going to say was that was the perfect way to throw him off. Now, we'll get to whys in a little bit because I kind of want to have all the information before I let out okay, what sure. I'm thinking but about. That scene that we just talked about was the scene where I said it's so obvious it's the two of them. Right, because they're giving each other the side eye and yeah. certain glances and knowing looks. But it's one of those things that ahead of time, when you, you, you first you watch you it, you don't it. know. Yeah. And it's almost too obvious that you are like, no, nah, it could never be them because they just made it way too obvious. But then going back, it's like, it's, oh my God, of course it's them. Uh, but anyways, it, moving on. Um, okay. So then um, Stu is still being a creep, like making jokes um, about... Uh, Casey's liver being in the mailbox and the mom found it or whatever. And so Sydney leaves. 
Next thing you know, she gets off the school bus in front of her home and she's checking her mailbox. Um, her dad's out of town, so she's understandably freaked the fuck out. So she ends up planning to stay at Tatum's house while her dad's out of town. Mm-hmm. And Tatum will pick her up at 7 o'clock because she has practice. I don't know if she's a cheerleader, cheerleader or what, probably. but she has practice. And so Cindy's like, okay, she turns on the TV to wait for Tatum because it, she has about an hour or so to kill. Um and we see Gail Weathers on the news. And Gail Weathers is the Courtney Cox character. Yep. And she is talking about how the the serendipitous uh, uh, killings, because this Casey and Steve killing happened exactly Almost one, one year, year yeah. to date of Sid, of, of Maureen mom, yeah. Prescott's murder. Murdered, yeah. And we it comes out that many people... Specifically, Gail Weathers think that Sydney, who was the witness who identified mm-hmm. Cotton, Cotton, yeah, Cotton Rivers, I forgot, Cotton something or other, Cotton Landry, Cotton Weary, Weary, Cotton Weary, who is played by Sabretooth, by the way, <laughs> Cotton Weary, she identified him. Every, uh, Gail thinks that it was a mistake mm-hmm. and that the real killer is still out there. Yep. And that's when Sydney turns it off and then she just goes and takes a nap. Yeah. Yeah. Next you know, she's woken up by a phone call. Yep. And the phone call is Tatum telling her that she's running late. But she's, late gonna, girl. but she's gonna pass by the movie the movie store and pick up some movies. Yep. And then she'll go and she'll pick her up. Yep. The phone rings again and in Sydney just goes she just find whatever Tatum. movie and just come over here. Yeah. And then he goes, oh, and then she realizes that it's his guy. And this guy is being flirtatious with her, too. And um, she's thinking it's Randy and because he starts asking her horror movie trivia. And he's like, what's your scary movie? And she's like, you know, I don't listen. Don't, you know, I don't watch that crap. Yeah. Just a bunch of of, of big titty bimbos who are Who's running up the up stairs, the stairs instead of out the door. The right. Door. Yep. That was a famous line, too, at that point in time. Well, it's too bad I butchered it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so he does the same thing with her and, and tries to get friendly and then starts to intimidate her and then um, tells her that he's outside her front door. She's ballsy, though. She goes outside the front mm-hmm. door and she doesn't fucking see him. Yeah. She's and like, she's oh, even yeah. like, Are you, can you see me now? He's like, yeah, I can see yeah, you now. What am I and doing? she sticks her finger in her nose and she's like so what am i doing now if you can see me what am i doing now right and then she like locks herself in and unfortunately the killer's inside Mm -hmm. and he attacks her and you know what she does she runs up the fucking stairs she runs up the stairs yeah (laughs) well that's because she can't get out the front door because she had double she had bolted it and she can't get the chain off long swings above her head and she does these ducks where like it's so obvious she like uh, she fights back no, it's a, it's real. Well, she does. It's a movie, but it's and the a, movie needs to progress forward. So I she's know, fighting back, I know, and she runs up the stairs. The guy, the the ghost face killer, <laughs> who thing's gonna sue us, <laughs> is is trying to get in, but she has that convenient door that jams mm-hmm. when the other door is yep. open. So she tries to pick up the phone and call, but she can't. So she dials nine one one on her computer. Yeah, I know. Like, that was a fucking thing back then. I mean, it was, but it's like, well, that's like using a fax machine almost. Like, 911. <laughs> so, do you think it's Billy or Stu? I think it's Billy because he comes crawling in through the window while she's emailing 911 to come and help them. You know, and then... Um, yeah, but he was right there and all of a sudden he comes up. So yeah, but then was... she still has the time. Like... 
how can you, you can easily go out through another window and go climbing over the roof. Anyway. He so, did have a phone on him too. So, so Billy comes in through the window and then she's relieved that it's somebody she knows and she goes to hug him and he's like, I heard screaming. I came up this way. The doors were locked. Are you okay? And she feels safe. And next thing you know, this cell phone drops out of his pocket mm -hmm. and then she freaks the fuck out. Cell phone. May not be a big deal now, right, for but all, it was back then. Right. For all the millennials out there. It was a big fucking deal. Yes. Like, I had a cell phone um, when I was, you know, when I was out of the house and I had moved out and I was able to afford a cell phone. But it was like a brick and you only had it for emergencies. Yeah. Well, most of the people that I knew that had cell phones. And you couldn't phones, text. Right. Most of the people that I knew that had cell phones or pagers back then, which that was the text tool was a pager um they were probably moving some illegal things and pushing weight here and there whatever just to get by but that's i was the sliding thing. smoothies like, well <laughs> either way you had to have some sort of form of money coming in to have a cell phone or a pager back then and it wasn't like everybody has it so for in that moment for a cell phone to fall out of his pocket she was looking it was at him a big like, fucking deal why do you have a fucking you, cell yeah, phone where did you get this why from? do you what even do you need doing? a cell phone yeah right so she runs downstairs and she opens her front door and, and the ghost face is right in front of her boom but it's Dewey. But it's actually Dewey holding up the mask. She scares him. More he scared. scares her. And then he's more scared than she is. They though. arrest Billy. Right. Um. So then, back down at the police station, Billy is being questioned. He's like, "I have a cell phone. It's for communication. Where were you? You know, at this time. Where were you at this time? Uh, why were you? Why did you crawl in through Sydney's window on the day that Casey was murdered?" And he's like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. So. So do you think he? planned or knew that he would possibly get arrested i mean i don't know because i think that the backup plan was what happened next sydney is sleeping at tatum's house where deputy dewey also lives because he's uh, he's really young they all live together at their mom's house mm -hmm. and during the during her sleepover there she gets a call and she thinks it's her dad because at this point nobody can locate her dad uh, because, you know, he's traveling for work. And she gets a call and it's that still and it's that That's voice. Right. And the voice says, looks like you fingered the wrong guy again. Again. Again, sure. meaning that this guy is probably the killer from the year before. Right. But yeah. that call is how Billy is able to get out because he can't he couldn't have made that right. call from it jail. Had to be he could have made he would have made a call from jail cuz you know in the movies you're allowed a one phone call. No, but, in real life too. Yeah, but that's not always presented. <laughs> we have to remember I'm coming at this as a person of color. Yeah, yeah. So, um you got to ask for the phone call. Though technically he could have made the phone call, he wouldn't have had that voice no, yeah, changing thing. It was too. It was. It was too. definitely. But, but that's what I'm saying. Is like, so do you think they thought? First of all, we again skipping a little bit ahead. We know they plan to stab each other to get away with it, right? Skipping a lot of bit ahead. But do you think that they planned this part out? Like, hey I'm, man, just if one of plan, us will get caught, but don't worry, we'll get us out because I'm gonna make the other call, and then boom. I think free. if they were, and I'm gonna use the term loosely. If they were smart enough to do each other's girlfriends, you know. Phrasing. Boom. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, um, if they were smart enough to do that, and they would have been smart enough to have a contingency plan. Is my so feeling. you think that they did? I sort think of they would have had through, a backup plan. Right? Yeah. 
I just feel like that going to the point where or you're going to get arrested. if they were even is... smarter, they would have planned to have Billy do that, right? Um, so that he can get arrested and then all the suspicion would have been off of him. That's a very ballsy move. So is fucking killing people. It's not ballsy, but it's like <laughs> batshit crazy, like n- not normal. Not Yeah, I guess. Know? See, I'm not thinking like a killer. That's that's the problem here. I got to say, if I was a killer, then yeah, pretending to get arrested to skew the... Wait, does that mean I'm thinking like a killer? Kind of, yeah. I got to watch it. Yeah, yeah. I know. Don't worry. I know you're pretty crazy already. I've got an eye on you. <laughs> <laughs> You're good at yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, that birthday post you sent where it's like this would look good inside of you, and it was like a giant knife. I got it. <laughs> um, watch your back, homie. Watch your back, homie. So, the next day at school, word is out there's a ghost face killer. This is what it looks like because yeah. the news covered the news showed this this mask and the mask is one that's available at yeah, any five and yeah. nine was it dewey or was it another cop one of the cops showed the like the no it was it was the one of the reporters was it the reporter oh either way they were like oh you can get one, these a dime a dozen at any yeah. like so horror, again, Halloween shop. school's covered with reporters again dewey drops off tatum and sydney mm-hmm. and there there's a reporter asking sydney for any information and they're saying no comment no comment and she goes, people have the right to know. Yeah. That reporter was Linda Blair. Oh, Linda Blair, the lady who's from, wait, 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 Exorcist? Really? Absolutely. Whoa, really? <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Huh. Cool. Yep. So because this mask is actually a real live mask, kids all over the school were able to get them. Yeah. So there were kids joking around running up and down the hallways mm-hmm. in that in that mask. Yeah. Which in real life that's actually not a you know, I'm just saying good if product you were, placement? Yeah, well if you were real no, but I mean product placement for sure from the movie, but also it it did bring a, a sense of something real and not supernatural like you know it's not the jason mask or the well jason i guess is a hockey mask and yes anybody could get a hockey mask but i'm just saying like if you think about it a killer who could just go buy a generic mask at a halloween store and you, and anybody can buy the same mask like it really makes it hard to figure out who it was. i think i like this movie a lot because it's very much real like People can really have psychotic breaks. Have you seen those memes going around on the internet where it shows Michael Myers' mask and Mariah Carey's face? <laughs> it's fucked up. <laughs> it's like, I can't so, look at the same. So does it mean that William Shatner and Mariah Carey look alike? Is that what <laughs> may, that ultimately may, means? Maybe. <laughs> but that same meme, I saw one that said, I can't look at this the same ever since I looked at it and see <laughs> William Shatner. It's like a joke. <laughs> All right. So I'm I'm gonna read this um, word for word. No, not word for word. I'm gonna paraphrase Ver- it. Verbatim. Verbatim. No, I'm gonna paraphrase. Um, but the co- ghost face mask was developed in 1991 by Fun World, and it's actually called the Peanut Eyed Ghost. <laughs> the Peanut Eyed Ghost. Yeah, it was just found during a scouting of lo- for locations by. Um, by one of the producers, and then they decided to put it in the movie. Okay, so this is in real life. They make this the thing. The real life, real they life. make it, yeah. So you wonder so, if they had to pay this company. Well, a shit I'm ton telling of money. you this right now. I just love to jump the gun. 
Okay, so one of the producers discovered it. She found it. Okay, this is um, verbatim. She found it while inside a house during location scouting for the film and brought it to the attention of Wes Craven, who said about trying to obtain the rights to use it. Fun World licensing director joined uh, was given the task of naming the mask prior to its filming debut, debut, deciding on Ghostface. But the blessing of Fun World owners, Stanley and Alan Geller, um, it looked like a ghost in pain. The ghost face design and title are owned by Fun World. Hmm. They were probably very um, hip to the fact when Wes Craven came knocking at their door. It's they're Wes like, motherfucking yeah, Craven. Yeah, they were like, holy shit, Freddy Krueger. Although yeah, Tatum we'll... calls him Wes Carpenter in the movie. <laughs> That's funny, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, he, they must have been like, no problem. Like this guy, you know, even though he only did the first Freddy movie, it's a giant franchise. And he knew what he was doing, you know. I, I just... Um, one other thing that I had to look up was to see if he did do Scream 2, 3, and 4 because I don't remember enjoying the rest of the series per se, but I did realize that it is Wes Craven. It's not like Nightmare on Elm Street where he did the first one and pretty much the studio took it over and kind of butchered it afterwards. So he did stick with this Scream thing that he was like, yeah, his little baby here. He stuck with it, stuck by its side, and said, I'll direct all four of them. Well, he uh, he did um, well, Nightmare I, on... Sorry, sorry, sorry. Just to add why I'm saying that is because I feel like maybe he feels he like got robbed on all the Freddy merchandise because he probably didn't have rights to all of the merchandise that they made after that. So in this one, it probably was like a, a, a thought-out plan where he was like, you know what, I'm going to lock down my marketing and my merchandise before the studio can he he did um nightmare on elm street right and in the opening scene with casey she's talking about how she likes nightmare on elm street Mm -hmm. but only the first one all the other sequels sucked yeah because he didn't do the other sequels yeah anyway um so back at the school um sydney sees like one of the ghost face guys running down the hallway and she gets freaked out and she's like starts heading to the bathroom and she runs it into Billy. Bam. Billy Loomis. Billy Loomis. Loomis, the doctor from Halloween. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't remember that detail. I mean, is he was uh yeah, that was his name, Loomis? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, anyway. The doctor character in Halloween. So anyway, yeah. I thought you'd be more excited about that. So well, I, I, there's a Bill Loomis that helped start my family's business, pretty much because he was one of our loyal customers in the beginning. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, one of our most popular designs was based off of his design in the '80s, and this guy's name was Bill Loomis. <laughs> well, he killed Sidney Prescott. <laughs> <laughs> so um, she runs into him. They start talking about it, and then he's like. How come we don't have sex? Which is the first thing he starts talking about. Oh, he goes, you still think it's me? And she goes, no, I got a call last night. He goes, was it me? And then. How come we don't have sex? And then he's like, why come we don't have sex? And she's like, she's like. Uh, really? After all I've been through? I... And then, then he says something like, you know, when my mom left, my dad, I got over it. You just got to get over yeah. it. And then she goes. He's got a point. My, she goes, my mom died she didn't move to the valley or something like that you know <laughs> like yeah and then she like 
runs um, into the girl's bathroom where she tries to hide out. But she hears these girls talking about her and talking shit, saying she probably yeah. didn't get attacked. She just wants the attention. attention. Yeah. She's the one that probably killed Casey. Maybe she had the hots for Steve. Yeah. And then so she's like, what the fuck? Right? So then she's in the bathroom and you hear the... Now, again, though, this is a weird thing. Like, so Stu, we have to assume that Stu was like, okay, I'm going to go to school and I'm going to wear the outfit and I'm going to hide in the girl's bathroom. Well, he was in the hallway with Tatum and Sydney before the ghost came running. Oh, wait, yeah, then, he was. And he then was next, like, oh, that's so funny. And then Billy kind of holds huh. on to her and talks to her for a while. So he and had to run thing, from there and put the costume on, go hide in the bathroom, and then wait with his feet up on the toilet while the other girls came in. And then after that, hope that Sydney would then come in because she was pissed off. She at, was on her way in the bathroom at, anyway. At but yeah, I guess so. But so, or he came in when after the girls left, after he saw she was going in there and went in. No, I think he had to have been there before well, even whatever. the girls were in there. So whatever. He got in there. Somebody got in there. And so she has this like moment of she knows somebody's there. She can't see anybody. Suddenly we mm-hmm. see these boots come down from yep. off the toilet. And then the gown come down, mm-hmm. which is hilarious that it's yeah. wearing the gown. And then um, the, the ghost face killer <laughs> tries to slash her. But she does this like baseball yeah, slide under. Ducky. Yeah, slide. There's this baseball slide under him and then like escapes and then runs like and then just runs apparently to the principal's office or something because suddenly class is canceled. Mm-hmm. Um, all the kids are like, thank you, Sydney, for whatever it is that you did. But now yeah. cl- class is canceled. There's also um, a 9 p.m. Um, curfew for for everybody. That sucks. That's statewide or I'm sorry, citywide or townwide or whatever the fuck it is. And um, it's mandatory. And then... Um, we also hear um, Tatum, Stu, and Sydney talking about let's celebrate by having a party at Stu's house. And so they're going to have a party there. Yeah. Yep. Typical teenage shit. Yep. And then back at Principal Hinkley's office. Oh, was that his name? It, who is the Fonz. Wait, was that who it was? Are you serious? All right. It was him. Holy shit. I didn't realize. He was a badass as a principal. He was a principal. He was a and badass. And he's like, he's like waving around these scissors, like yeah. cutting up the the masks because he's like reprimanding these boys that were wearing those masks. He's like, two of your classmates were butchered and then you think this is funny? And, and they're like, you're both expelled. And then one of the boys is like, that's not fair. You know what's fair? And he puts the scissors in the guy's face and yeah, then he's, like, him and he's like, would be to cut you open and all this other stuff. And so it's fucking fucked. Mm-hmm. And so you're kind of like, wait, is it Henry Winkler? <laughs> yeah, right. You, that's what Wes Did Craven wanted you to think. It's like maybe it's him. But so about, far, we're suspecting um, Billy, right? And then he of. gets kind of cleared. Mm-hmm. We're suspecting um, I mean, no. the dad because nobody can find him, and he could have snapped because the anniversary of his wife's death. Right. And now Henry Winkler. Mm-hmm. Right. And the thing I wanted to say about that too is I'm sure there's like there must be principals right now who are like God. Damn, if I could only get away with that. <laughs> Wave seats says, fuck you, little kids. Get your act together. <laughs> I remember when I was in uh, third grade, I hated doing math. And my third grade teacher told, or my fourth grade teacher told me, 
what do you want to be when you grow up? And I'm like, I want to be what? Like you. Ooh, ooh. I said, I want to be a doctor. And she's like, with grades like that in math, you won't be. And I'm like, that's fucked up. She did, and I hate math now. And (laughs) but she also one day waved a hammer at me and said, "You need to do your math." And I'm like, I'm like so sad. (laughs) Like that was fucked up. I hope nobody ever talks to my kids that way. The girls, the girls have been tasked with um, getting snacks for the party. So Dewey drives them to town right before the curfew ends to get snacks. He then goes checks in with the sheriffs, who has the same kind of boots. As the um, was the same kind of boots as the killer that we saw coming in the bathroom. Yeah, we know that and because he's smoking a cigarette and he stomps out the cigarette butt with these mm-hmm. same boots. So now we're also suspecting the sheriff. Mm-hmm. Which again, it's it's good. It helps to develop the like mystery of the plot. But at the same point in time, again, like, well, wouldn't you just notice that everybody, those, all three people were wearing those same boots? Or or was, like, you know, does Stu normally wear those boots or did he wear, like, Nikes? And all of a sudden, if he was, like, w- coming out of the bathroom and he was, like, still, like, where'd you get those boots from, bro? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, actually, I want to go back to the principal. Okay. Yes. Fonz. Yeah. So back to the Fonz. I'm sorry. I, I don't want to skip this because this is important. He's trying on the mask. Oh, right. Yeah, exactly. And then all of a sudden he hears noises and then he goes out and he puts the mask away. He goes out into the hallway and he sees Freddy Krueger mopping the floors. That was funny. Yeah. And they <laughs> called him Fred too, right? Yeah. Like, ah, the janitor Fred. Fred is wearing this striped yep. sweater. <laughs> yeah. That was a great little homage to his... But then he's like, eh, whatever. He goes back to his office and then he gets sliced and diced. Yeah. Who uh, the principal does. Which now, again, I'm going to oh. probably keep asking you this. Who do you think it was? Billy or Stu? I don't know. It would have been Billy because Stu was uh, walking out of the school with Tatum mm, and right, and, and it Sydney. had to have been Billy in the thing because um, she uh, just uh, you know she had just run into I'm sorry it had to be Stu in the bathroom with the mat thing on because it was just Billy who she bumped into uh, so uh-huh. yeah still Stu so Stu wa- and Stu seems like the kind of person that would kill the fucking principal if mm-hmm. he got a chance right so. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and then, um, but throughout this whole time, um, somewhere, somewhere in in that whole thing, there's um, Alice Cooper playing on the radio at some point. When they get to the opening, when they go um, back to the house, yes. I guess they're waiting. Yeah. Out During that part. Summer. <laughs> you were so happy about that song. You were like, I know they play this. <laughs> I was happy that yeah. they that, that I found it. <laughs> so. Throughout that that scene, Sydney is questioning herself whether or not she fingered the wrong guy. Mm-hmm. I don't finger guys. Only girls. I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I would sure hope so. Um, and then, um, so that that's something that you also want to throw in. You're like, okay, well then maybe there's another serial killer out here or something. Uh, the girls are buying snacks. They're in town. Dewey is now... Checking with the principal, with the principal, the sheriff, mm-hmm. and he is um, eating an ice cream because he's, you know, childlike and innocent. Yeah. You want him to be innocent, um, and then you see like the ghost face, like in the sh- in the reflections of things and behind things, and kind of very Halloween Michael Myers esque because yeah, like they see they don't see him, but we see him watching them. Right. Yeah. Um, then later on that day, they get to the party. They still haven't found Sydney's dad. Yeah, that's what's, it's strange, too, because he sort of didn't really leave much information as to where he went. Yeah, he said he was at the Hilton. I yeah. guess apparently it's like the same as always. 
Um, but they haven't been able to contact him and he's not at the Hilton. He hasn't checked in. Right. Right. So now um, there's this party. The sheriff told Dewey, keep these girls, you know, don't don't uh, let them leave your side. And so he's there. He drops them off the party, but then also stays at the party. But like, why not? But okay, so he's also, hasn't he, has he, no, he hasn't established his connection with Gail yet, right? Well, so far, they've only flirted a little bit at Flirted a little bit, right, right. right. But at this party, um, it's everybody there, I guess, kids at the school. Um, and then there's Stu, Randy, Sydney, Tatum, mm-hmm. right? And then Dewey is there watching from outside. And we know that because Gail Weathers is outside in her news van with um, Kenny, her cameraman. Yep. And they're sitting in the van. And then suddenly they're interrupted because Dewey finds them there. Mm-hmm. And so uh, she takes advantage of the fact that he's sweet on her. And uh, she gets a chance to go into the party. And meet everybody, and everybody's starstruck, right? Except for, of course, Sydney and Tatum. Right. And um, she plants a camera in there. Yep. She's a little like the whole time she's flirting with, with Dewey, but she also plants a camera in there. Yep. And it turns out that there's a 30 second delay on that camera. Yeah. That's important. Very important. Yeah. One thing we also failed to mention earlier was that Randy had he worked at the movie store. We did talk about that, but. For this party in particular, he came and brought a whole bunch of movies because he they brought were a lot of scary movies. movies. But when they were still at the store, he was talking to Billy and Stu about who may have murdered. Yeah, he thinks um, it's Billy. He does think it's Billy, and there was a little actually bit of a he scene. says if this was a horror movie, I would be the prime suspect. Yeah. I would be the murderer because you know he's off his rocker. He was obsessed with horror movies or whatever. But he says I think it's Billy. Yeah, and then he, there was somebody, I think, doesn't he shout, like, everyone's a suspect, and everybody like, yeah. looks around. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, after Gail plants the camera, mm-hmm. she leaves, and Dewey leaves, and they, you know, let the kids be kids, and it's just a quintessential party. Um, there's um, Stu and Tatum are just on the couch watching scary movies with Randy, and um, she sends, uh, and Stu sends her to go get her beer and she's like what am i the beer wench yeah right the beer's in the garage in another refrigerator and if you're brown like me you always had a second refrigerator at home one for beer well none of those people were brown in the movie but they had a second yeah that's why i was like this is oddly relatable (laughs) (laughs) i mean we didn't have i grew up in a dry house and i don't really drink anymore but but um you know my grandparents had extra fridges because you know i come from a long line of people who enjoy their beverages of alcoholic natures but um i found that to be oddly relatable yeah well um i think i don't know i've had a uh secondary fridge or freezer in the house when i grew up or whatever again it wasn't necessarily filled with beer but i mean i understood that as well too um but yeah she was like what the fuck now i gotta go get if i had if i had a second fridge what would you put in it i think i would fill it with um those little peach fruit cups that you find at the market. Okay. And then that way you can have them cold. And then I'd have some frozen so you can kind of crunch some of those. Okay. And that's it. I, I'm not really too big on sweets and stuff. Like I like sweets, but I have a pack of, of warheads there that I've been working on for about a week now. <laughs> anyway. You know what I was going to say? Berries, that... maybe. I, I love berries. Berries. I absolutely love berries. Like my favorite dessert is blueberries with whipped cream. Nice. That's a good one. Healthy, I think, too. 
I don't know about the whipped cream, but the blueberries <laughs> for sure. You know what I thought about when I saw this uh, house party scene is that the house was so huge and there really wasn't that many people there. Like it wasn't like an American pie house party or some sort of like, you know, it was just like a couple friends and they're all watching horror movies. I well, guess. there was a bunch of them at first. You have to remember. Um, there were a bunch of them at first. Oh, and, yeah, that's but, right. But, okay, so let's just, I want to talk about Tatum. Let's talk Tatum about Tatum. Tatum is fucking rad. She um, she takes no shit, right? Mm-hmm. So she goes into the garage to get beer, and she's carrying the beer, and then um, she tries to get out, but she finds that she has locked herself in. So what she does is she puts the, pushes the garage door button to let herself out through the big garage door and possibly yep. go around to the front door, right? Right. And... Um, she goes to do that, but the garage door only opens halfway. And she goes to try to go under it and it starts to close. And she looks and there is the ghost face yep. at he's, the door. He's right there. And she yeah. thinks it's Randy, Randy. Or, or something, you know? Right. And so she's like, she goes up to him and she to try to pass him to get back inside the house. Yeah, like, and he's like, you better ditch the outfit or Cindy's going to flip. And... Um, you know, they, they do this like back and forth kind of thing. And then suddenly um, the killer like, grabs her it. forearm and slices it. To, mm-hmm. Like just gives her a big old slice. Yeah. Just, just to let you know that this is really happening right now. So satisfying. Oh, just, you like that? <laughs> and so. Um, she drops the beer. I think. She drops some of the beer. You know, she, yeah, she drops the beer and she starts running. The, starts running after her. She does this whole flips open the freezer the door and yeah, smashes I mean, him. And then the beer that is in there, she starts throwing it throwing at him. It. And then she tries to make her get away while he's a little incapacitated by going out the fucking dog door. Well, we said that it was a dog door in the intro. And it's when we watched door. it, it was a cat that ran through there. So it makes sense that it was a little bit smaller and not a giant doggy door. So she tries to get out of the cat door. Mm-hmm. And she's struggling. <laughs> yeah. And the ghost face... Opens the garage door. Although she did a pretty good job. She got herself halfway through. Only her boobs got through. (laughs) That was the big part part, though. Yeah, that's what helped help uh, keep her back, I think. (laughs) But um, so he opens the door. She can't get off and it crushes her. She got killed the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. I thought she was going to get decapitated completely, but it doesn't. Just like she got crushed. Crushes her neck and... She's like stuck there. Mm-hmm. Um, I am surprised though that that old ass type of garage door had enough power to like pull her up and then keep on going. A lot I don't of think these, it would have. No, a lot of the garage doors, even in the nineties, had like auto stop and like they weren't that strong to like lift a human being up for sure. I don't think so. But you know, it makes for good uh, a good death, a good memorable death in a movie cinema. History. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, it's later in the party and nobody really has, um, noticed that Tatum is not there. Um, I know nobody was like, where the fuck is my beer at, bitch? (laughs) But everybody still has beer. Um, so I'm wondering if Stu did it himself. He went and got the beer and came back with it? No. (laughs) Oh, you mean Stu killed her? Yeah. So that was my next question. He got his own beer. He killed her? Like yes, he killed his because, own girlfriend? Um, because he gets up and leaves. And because Gail gets there, right? 
Gail gets there. He gets up and leaves and goes, I got to record this. But we never see him recording it. And then it says he's going to go get his camera. And then he sends her off to get beer. And she doesn't want to be there around Gail anyway. So she goes and gets the beer. But then he comes back and doesn't even notice that she's gone. But yeah, that's and, crazy. Yeah. And so anyway, at this point, uh, everybody's still on the couch. And that's where we hear Randy. And he says that there are certain rules. rules yeah. Okay. And he... There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror Horror movie. movie. Yep. For instance, number one, you can never have sex. Never. And everybody's like, bah, boo. (laughs) Big no-no. Big no-no. Sex equals death, okay? Number two, you can never drink or do drugs as they're all drinking. And doing drugs. The sin factor, it's a sin and it's an extension of number one. And number three, never, ever, ever, under any circumstances, say, I'll I'll be be right right back. Because you won't be back. Mm -hmm. So, Matthew. That's when Stu says, says, I'm getting another beer. You want one? Yeah. I'll be right back. And they're like, oh, my God, he said it. But then where does he go? (laughs) He goes to kill Tatum. Yeah, he does. So. Like, yeah, that's that's pretty crazy. This guy is fucking demented. I couldn't imagine having this kind of a person as a friend. It's I like, think I'll I've smile had... at your face and just joke around. But guess what? I'm going to fucking kill my girlfriend who's fucking hot. And I'm going to kill her <laughs> friends. And I'm going to kill all the people that so, are involved. So I've had people that were shit in my life. And I have been weeding them from my garden in order for my flowers to bloom. As in they're buried in my garden. <laughs> Good fertilizer. Absolutely. All that bullshit they have. (laughs) So this is where we also hear that the principal, actually his name is Himbry. I think I said Hinkle. You did say Hinkley or Hinkle or something like that. Himbry? Himbry, yeah. Okay. That he had been... that he had been killed. So the majority of the party oh, right. immediately takes off and leaves. We forgot. Yeah, there was that mm-hmm. scene where they, he gets killed after he was playing with the mask and everything. Yeah. But let me let me stop. Let me go back. Before that, Billy shows up. And he shows up to try to have private time with Sydney so they can discuss their issues mm-hmm. and resolve their communication the party, flaws yeah. so that yep. they can... Right, grow as right. a couple and then Matthew's so like, they go upstairs go to my parents room or something like yeah that? where they go and fuck right and they break rule number one yeah brown chicken brown cow so after sex sydney's like who did you call and yeah. he's like what he's like who did you call you have one phone call who did you call and then he's like my dad and she's like trying to she's like poking holes he's like no because i saw the sheriff call your dad mm-hmm you know, and like, then oh, so well, he didn't pick up. Or so she like turns that. around and he's trying to explain to her. Suddenly, Ghostface stabs Billy. Right. And that's where. And then he dies. He dies. Yes. And he, that's where we dies. as the audience are like, oh, my God, it wasn't him. Holy shit. Right. And so um, so then and then Sydney escapes and she escapes by going up. More stairs into like this attic and like tries to climb out of an attic window window because she sees the news van down the road. Um, Only Kenny's in there because Dewey and Gail Uh are taking a romantic walk because they see that they they have a news uh, report, a police report 
that there's a car off in the woods somewhere and they're mm-hmm. going to see whose car it was. And so they think they think that it matches a description of Sydney's dad's car. Yeah. And he's become a prime suspect yeah. now. Yeah. And for a moment in time, we almost think it's Dewey as well, except for in this scene, we're like, well, no, Dewey's with Gail, so it yeah. can't be him. But. Yeah, yeah. Um, which would have been brilliant because he could have made the phone call from his own line in his own bedroom mm. back when Sydney was at their house. Right. right. That's right. Yeah. And he was the first one on the scene. Mm-hmm. Right. With the mask in yep. his hand. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so she escapes and she sees the news. She, she is hanging out the window. She sees the news van. She's waving them down and she, um, the she, killer comes in and so she lets go and she falls down onto, onto a boat. boat because rich people problems. And then she rolls <laughs> off the boat and then she sees Tatum. Dead, still yeah. dangling. Nobody's fucking noticed no, that she's nobody's there. Nobody's noticed. And that was fun. I mean, like, I guess the garage was on the side or the back end of the house, which yeah. is a little bit odd. But yeah, nobody was like, hey, where'd the really hot chick go? <laughs> With the beer. <laughs> With no bra. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then she goes and she goes into the van and uh, Kenny's there and he lets her in. That's when they see that the that there's a camera there and they're looking at the monitors and they see all the kids getting up and leaving mm-hmm. because the principal's dead and they want to go check it out because he's apparently been strung up on the football field. Yeah, that's right. Right. So everybody's leaving and then um, they hear they see everybody leave. Randy's the only one who stays behind. Then they see Randy on the camera and he's there. And then they see the ghost face behind him. And they're like, behind oh, you, shit. behind you. And then Kenny opens the door to, of the van to go out and to go help this kid. He sees the front doors open. But mm-hmm. then he's like, oh, 30 second delay. Yeah. Slit. His mm-hmm. throat got slit. He is dead. Dead. Finito. So fucking dead. Done. So then... um. We see Gail and Dewey still walking down the road, and we see we then all these cars are coming too fast because yeah. they're trying mm-hmm. to go see the principal, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And they get they jump out of the way and they roll into you know this small the ditch grass. and they see where the car is and they're like shit that's Sydney's Prescott's dad. Yeah. yeah. And so they're like oh fuck he's the killer we gotta get back. Did they almost make out there for a second too? Well, yes, because yeah. you know movies. This is the movie where David Arquette and so, Courtney yeah, Cox co- fell in love. Right, right. They met, they fell in love, and they had beautiful babies, and then they got divorced. Did they? Mm-hmm. Did they have babies? Who are their babies? The Coco and... Nah, I don't know. Why would I know? I don't know. I think one of them's Coco, though. Um, David so Arquette's get... been on Kill Tony as a guest a few times. I know. We saw him. <laughs> so, um, they, they run back to the house, and... Um, you know, Dewey's like, go to the news van, call for backup. And he goes into the house to go search for, you know, Mm -hmm. to go help. Yep. And, um, Gail runs to the news van and then she's like, what the fuck? Like, there's nobody here. And then she's like, where the fuck is Kenny? She sees blood everywhere. And she's like, oh my God, she gets in the van and she tries to, she tries to drive out. And suddenly there's all this, something covering her windshield yeah, and she wipes it off and she realizes it's blood, blood. And she's like blood. oh my god it's kenny so she's driving and she's like kenny i'm sorry but move your fat ass and she's like turning the windshield wipers <laughs> to try to get him off finally gets him off and she starts driving she's driving um down the road to try to get some help but then she then sydney's also running away from the killer so she's trying to avoid hitting sydney with the van and she swerves off the road and hits a tree yeah Yes. 
seemingly dead. Mm-hmm. Um, back at the house, Sydney makes it back to the house and she sees that um, she she goes up to the front door and sees Dewey there. But he's stabbed in the back and oh, falls right. over. Yeah, that's right. He was in the doorway and he got stabbed in the back and he falls over. And poor Stu- uh, Dewey's like pretty much out of commission. Yeah, so point. she takes his gun and suddenly Stu and Randy come up. Like just they run up to her and they're like, oh, he's lost his mind. He's the killer. No, no, no. He's the killer. No, he's the killer. And she's like, fuck you both. She locks them out of the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Poor Randy, unfortunately, was telling the truth. He was. But- yeah. He had no way of really proving it, though. He goes, she goes, he goes, uh, she goes, you're alive. Oh, you know what? She goes, oh, you're alive. I've never been so happy to be a virgin. (laughs) (laughs) That was right. Yeah, that was his line. So Sydney goes back into the house and that's when Billy at the top of the stairs is like stumbling and then rolls down the stairs. He just falls down the stairs. And she's so excited that he's alive and, and he gets the gun from her. And then um, he opens the door and lets Randy in the house. And then she sh- he shoots Randy. Yeah. Shoots That's him. all we know is he, sh- he shoots Randy right. at this point. And then he then shows her and then he licks his fingers and says corn, corn syrup. syrup. The yeah. same stuff they used in Carrie. Yeah. And she's like, what the fuck? I think in a, yeah. And that's when we're like, he's oh, the Oh, shit. Yeah. I think in a scary movie, they said it was ketchup. Yeah, I think so. Maybe. I really like the mock that they did, mockery they did in Scary Movie in that scene. Well, not. I'm I don't sorry, remember I'm ju- this scene too well. I'm jumping ahead. Let's let's go ahead and we'll talk about it. And I'll bring okay. it up again when we get there. So Billy at this point reveals that he's the killer, mm-hmm. and then Stu comes up and he's and she and, and Sydney's like, oh my god, help me, help me. She he puts up the voice box and yep. and you know Hello, and reveals Sydney. he's the, he's What's, helping her. Yep, you want to play a game. And so they, um, you know, they hold her, they, you know, they have a gun on her and they do this whole um, monologue like evil villains do and, and tell the whole plan. And yeah. Billy's reason, no, Stu's reason for um, for doing all the killings is he's impressionable. Impressionable. And, and, and I think it's accurate. He is easily influenced and he's somewhat psychotic anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does seem crazy the whole movie. Yeah. And then Billy's, Billy is fucked in the head because his mom left his dad, yeah. Sam Loomis probably. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and he's got because, because he, um, and he killed Sydney's mom because Sydney's mom was fucking his dad and that's why his mom left. Yep. So he's got his own vendetta against her. And everything else surrounding her because of that. Mm -hmm. And he thinks that the mom was sort of the cause of his mom leaving because her mom was like a slut, basically. Yeah. So so the whole plan is they're going to stab each other and be the ones that survived, the ones that were left for dead. And um, that's a were, ballsy fucking move. Again. And they were going to leave sitting. They have Sydney's dad tied up um, and they were going to frame him for it. So mm-hmm. they put the phone in his um, in his pocket, pocket yep. and a knife or whatever. And then they stab each other. Mm-hmm. Only Billy stabs uh, Stu a little bit too a hard. A little bit too hard. Yeah. So that was the scene I wanted to bring up in Scary Movie. It was uh, I forgot the. Um, 
Well, I know one of them was Sean Wayans, and the other one, I can't remember who the character was, but he starts stabbing him, and he starts getting upset that they canceled the Wayan Brothers show. He's like, <laughs> the Wayans Brothers was a fucking good show, and what they canceled? And he's just like... I loved the Wayans Brothers. That was a good show. He was stabbing the guy, like, obsessively hard, just because he was, like, getting a... And he was like, hey, man. I think you took it a little too far. Anyways, that was scary. So um, they also they also mentioned that this is when um, this is where they also mentioned that Cotton did not murder yeah, Maureen. That right. it was Billy. It was. It was Billy. Okay. So Billy murdered the mom, and that was his way of like, well, you fucking screwed up my family, bitch, right? Mm-hmm. But then even though the mom was dead, he still wasn't satisfied because he's fucking crazy. So he just wanted to kill her just for a sport? So trauma isn't going to make you do certain things unless you already have the, you know, it, the predisposition of having to do it. Okay. Right. So maybe he was already fucking crazy. Well, yeah. I... So, um, and besides the trauma was his mom left. I mean, come on. So he was a mama's boy. I know maybe three people not from broken homes. <laughs> you know, like, get over it, asshole. <laughs> Join the rest of society. Wait. Grow a pair. Is, am I one of those people? No. Oh, yeah. You're one of the people not from a broken family. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just get over it. <laughs> Talking about him. Like, oh, his right, mom right, leaving. Right. Like, yeah. people have broken homes. Yeah, of course they do. There's songs about that. it. Yeah. Broken home. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, um, at this point, with their monologuing, they lose track of the gun. And who's holding it? Gail Weathers. Yep. And she's pointing it at them and she shoots, but she doesn't take the safety off. Because she's a reporter. Well, a lot of people don't know how to handle guns. Right. I know. I Especially do. news reporters. So Gail doesn't have the safety on. And so they overpower her, take the safety off and shoot her. Mm-hmm. And then she falls to death on top of Dewey. Not to death, but we don't know yet. So while they're do while they're taking care of uh, Gail, Sydney manages to hide with her dad, mm-hmm. and so they're like, "What the fuck?" Meanwhile, Stu is bleeding out. Um, she calls them. It's the the best line. Like, I'm feeling a little woozy, man. <laughs> I think you cut too deep. I'm feeling a little woozy here, and so um, and so uh, Sydney calls them on their phone. And she's playing the game no, with them. Yeah, she's, she's got like, the let's voice play a game. She goes, right? guess who called the cops on your sorry asses or whatever, right? And then um, Billy gives to the phone and is like, keep her busy. And he's like over there looking for her. And this is one of my favorite parts. Um, Stu is like, did you really call the cops? <laughs> and then she goes, yes. And he goes, my parents are going to be so yeah, mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I remember that. So, but so then uh, they go look. You know, Billy goes looking for her and kind of goes through this closet door. She busts the closet door open and stabs him in the chest. And so he's dead, right? He's dead. But at least you think so. But here's a little bit of trivia. Him and the good stuff. When Sydney comes out of the closet and stabs Billy with the umbrella. The stuntman was supposed to hit a pad on Skeet's chest. Skeet, Skeet. And he initially got the pad, but on the second one, he slipped and hit him in the chest. Oh. Skeet's 
chest has metal wiring under the skin from open heart surgery he had when he was a kid, and it causes him severe intent, um, pain whenever it's touched or when there's pressure applied to it. So when the umbrella accidentally hit his chest, that shock, that pain was real. That was genuine oh, wow. pain. So Wes Craven kept it in there, of course, because it was oh, authentic. Oh, he loves to do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In New Nightmare, he scared the shit out of the little boy by, like, not telling him that arms and stuff were going to pop out in one part. <laughs> and the kid was like, oh. And he was like, yes, that's it. We're keeping that in there. <laughs> so, um, and then Randy comes out as being alive. Comes right? out? Comes out as being alive. <laughs> he comes, I'm alive. <laughs> he comes, he pops up. Randy, yeah. And he's alive. And um, and he's like kind of telling them, I don't remember his word, but he's like, you got to double tap because he's going to come to life. Yeah. And then he kind yeah, of yeah, does, yeah. Billy like, does this, oh, and yeah. then Sydney shoots him in the head. Mm-hmm. He's like, this is where the killer does his last little oh, thing. Oh, and whatever. she has a gun because Gail woke up and gave him, like, give her the gun. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Um, so, yeah, Billy jumps at her, kapow, shoots him right in the fucking eye, between the eyes, and Billy's done. Suddenly it's morning. The sun is rising. The birds are chirping, chirping, and the ambulance is carrying Dewey away. Oh, poor Dewey, but he's alive, so yay. And then... Um, Officer, Deputy Doofus. Yep. And then Gail, of course, goes to report, and that's the movie. The end. The end. It was, it was a good, a good bla- movie. blast from it. the past. There's some, old, you know, again, like if you look at it from some angles, it's like, oh, come on. That should have been like, you know, he should have been able to hit her with a knife by now or it was a little corny. <laughs> Sorry she didn't but, die sooner. Yeah, but, but it was a good movie and it brought back a lot of like memories for me too, watching it again at this point in time. Yeah. Cool. I really enjoyed it. I, I, um... I remember watching this movie with my friend, uh, with my friend Roger, um, who is actually he. I I just saw his like Instagram story. He got a Bella Lugosi tattoo as well, except mine is more silhouette and his is actual picture. Um, but you know, anyway. Uh, and I remember watching it, and he is like you. He made fun of the movie throughout the entire time. Well, I wasn't making fun of it necessarily. I did enjoy it a lot. It's just there's some things that are a little bit like over the top. For especially for now where we're at in 2019 which is what almost tw- wait you said it was 96 mm-hmm. so almost 20 years later more than 20 years later right no 96 2006 2016 yeah 20 some years later Fucking yeah. so did you know that this and then this is going to be a rabbit hole episode that i have to start posting i know um, you need to get on that shit because this movie was inspired by the real life um, Gainesville Ripper. Gainesville, Florida. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> so. Gainesville. Okay, so he was a serial killer who murdered five students in Gainesville, Florida, over four days in August of 1990. Ooh, just before I moved there. Well, I lived in Orlando, but I moved in Orlando around 92, actually. So two years before I moved there. Huh. Narrowly escaped getting slaughtered and, I guess, raped. Mm. So good for you. Good job. Good job being late to the party. Um, he was uh, he was fucking crazy, uh, obviously. Uh, he, mul- he mutilated his victims' bodies 
and even decapitated one. And then he would pose them. Oh, really? That's cool. That's not cool. I mean, that's not cool. Yeah, there's, it's um, it's high trigger warning on that episode, but I got to start doing those. But this is definitely a rabbit hole. I It's just an insane, it's going to be an insane episode. So uh, sign up for the newsletter and I'll let you know when that one's ready. Yes, absolutely. And where you can get it. But um, yeah, I didn't know that until we started watching this movie and I'm like, what the fuck? So now I'm in the middle of a rabbit hole, which is why I might seem a little distracted at the moment. Mm, nice. Well. <laughs> All right. So definitely scream. And coincidentally enough, um, you know, so I have, you know, I, I, I quote work for a few minutes when I get to the office and I um, look at Google News. And a suggested story was movies from the 1990s, best horror movies from the 1990s, and Scream yeah. was on there. Scream. But also a whole bunch of other ones that I hadn't even considered for the podcast. So I'm going to be adding to the list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they call the 90s in that list that you were talking about. They said the 90s were like kind of like this in-between zone where you had the 80s cult classics and the, the B-rated horrors. Mm-hmm. All the good stuff. And all that. Yeah. And then they said the 90s were this sort of like kind of wishy-washy time period where it really wasn't happening. And I guess they also went to go in and talk about the 2000s and stuff. Well, saying, so they had things like um, um, Silence of the Lambs on there. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And no, Frighteners. There were some good and there's some yeah. good movies in there. Yeah, there were. Um, for sure. So definitely have to add some that I had, of course, I hadn't considered. I have Silence of the Lambs yeah. on there, but I wasn't really thinking it's a huge horror movie, but we may as well do it. Yeah. They did say in the article that the 90s were still that time period where the the people were still thinking or trying to think of original ideas. And it wasn't like all this uh, remakes like of the 2000s and onward, where it's just like, let's remake all the classics, you know? So there was still originality flowing. Well, yeah. And I miss that. Yeah, of course. I miss that so much, which is why I get so excited. Like when Rob Zombie comes up with something new, because his are, except for House of a Thousand Corpses, which was just an homage to every horror movie ever made. Before in 1980, um, I don't know. He if I... he definitely does something a little bit different. It's mostly slasher, right? I don't know if I agree with you. I feel like that most of his movies are almost a little bit okay slasher, but also very kind of just torture horror esque. Well, like so Eli Roth him. also does like the whole Hostel series. Yeah, that was original. Well, that was uh, that was an original twist on how they they came about it, but like. I mean, okay, House of a Thousand Corpses and then Devil's Rejects, okay. I mean, and then the other ones that, like, that most recent one that he did was called, like, 31 or something mm-hmm. like that. I mean, it was just, like, a, a a real hardcore version of Running Man, basically. It was, like, a game where people were had to survive, and it was, like, just, you know. I guess you're, I guess you're right. But I think um, what I'm what I'm trying to say is, I miss original movies, mm-hmm. yeah. and I would like to see them. Which is, I think, partially why I'm so into the horror genre. Because yeah, there are a lot of the same things that go on throughout the movies, but there are so many horror movies, and what's better, so many horrible horror movies that mm-hmm. are poorly done that you're going to be entertained no matter what. Yeah, I guess so. And there's so many of them. There are. There are a lot. And a lot of them are not necessarily worth it, but some of them are. And through this podcast, we will decipher which ones are which. 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. So scream. Thumbs up. Thumbs down. I'll give it a thumbs up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm, I I loved it. Everybody should watch it. If you haven't seen it, where the fuck have you been? Yeah. Well, at least watch the first one. I mean. Yeah. I'm watch actually, the first one. The sequels were decent. Um, but the first one is definitely a must-see. I remember what I was going to say about the sequels. I was reading the synopsis and everything. And remember how I was talking about with Wes Craven's New Nightmare, how he was trying to incorporate real life mm-hmm. and real characters along with mystical movie characters, whatever. He sort of does that in the sequels where it, it, they talk about people making a movie based on Sidney Prescott's life, which is sort of like Scream, but it's called Stab. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Wait. Wait. And then it's like a reality show within the movie about the move, the horror movie that's being made about the real life events that happened in the movie. Do you ever watch the American Horror Story? Yeah. Okay. The so there was, there was one fan, from Roanoke. There was a Roanoke one. The ep- oh, is it season uh, four season, yeah. or five? And maybe? in there, there's like a reality show that we're watching that they're part of, but then they're also the real happenings. It's pretty cool. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, let's stop this now. I really want to go get more wine. Oh, really? Sure. I could use another beer. <laughs> all right. Hey, so uh, that's all for us for today. You want to go watch another movie? I. I kind of do. Um, let's, let's go watch it. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You up for going to the theater? Oh, yeah, sure. I was thinking about another horror movie, but something more gruesome than that. But let's go do that. Tarantino. It's got to have some awesome violence in there somewhere. Well, actually, now that you mention it, I do have... Um, now that you mention it, I do have 2000 Maniacs that we can watch. 2001 Maniacs. I have both of them. Oh, yeah, we do. But we've got that... Well, that new one is—I don't know if it's a great one or not. That's <laughs> it's, it's got Otis, but we bought it for two ninety nine. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So um, we're gonna go do our thing. You guys do your thing. Um, thanks again for visiting us. Uh, mm-hmm. If you haven't subscribed, go ahead and do it. Do it. Uh, give us a rating if you like us. Five stars. <laughs> Tell a friend. We'd like uh, all your friends. Oh my god. Okay. How about one? <laughs> <laughs> and then you know what? visit us on our website at icecreampodcast.com. Mm-hmm. Um, there you can sign up for our newsletter. You can comment on our episodes and you can email us directly um, and let us know what your heart, what your favorite horror yes. movies are, which ones Su- you agreed with with us so far, which ones, which one of us is always wrong. Stephen. Or suggest some new ones <laughs> that we haven't seen. I'm sure there's loads of movies out there that we're not even thinking of. So right. please let us know. So um, if you sign up for our our newsletter, you'll be able to know when these rabbit hole episodes are coming up and where you can find them. Um, you can also email us at icecreamparlor.podcast at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. The handles will be on the show notes. I'm more active on Instagram, but because I'm very visual. Yeah, yeah. I like the posts you've been putting up lately, too. Well, thank you very, very much. Very fun, very fun. I am trying to, um, my, um, my way of rebelling against the man is to do nothing while I'm at work. Hey, I just thought that's of a lie. Uh, something. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's definitely a lie. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted to ask you real quick while we, before we close out the episode, uh, it part two is coming out soon. What are your thoughts on that? I can't wait to see it. Yeah, did you like the first remake? Yes, you did. Yes. So you're very hopeful for the second one. Absolutely, especially after seeing the trailer. 
Yeah. Naked old ladies. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm interested to see it. I mean, the first one is, I don't know, remakes. You know how we feel about that. Some are... Are definitely I'm not, not into w- remakes yeah. or biopics, but some every now and then there'll every be a good one. Every now and then there's a good one. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. They should they shouldn't really be remade, but every now and then we'll let a few slide. Uh huh. What are you looking at? The monster crawling over the. Oh, there, there's. I thought I saw somebody scaling the wall. What? Yeah. Outside. Yeah. Anyway, that's all for today. All right, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be right back. No, no, you won't. <laughs> Not now. <laughs> wrong, wrong spot. Okay, bye. <laughs>